0: Hey there, this is Pastor John Ware, lead pastor of LifeHouse Newport News, a church that exists to help all people experience life change through Christ. Thank you for joining us today on our podcast. We hope it inspires you and gives you perspective to see how God is moving in your life. Now let's get to today's episode. You know, if I was open, I would say this. If someone gave you a genie, Jeannie in a bottle, not Britney Spears when I talk about that, uh, but uh, what, would you, what would you wish for? What would be your three wishes? And you can't say, like, I wish for another 100 wishes or, or anything, but, like, just, just scream some stuff out. Just scream, what would you want? What would you want? Health. Health? Wisdom? Peace? Peace? Okay, y'all are good. Like, like y'all are spiritual blind. <laughs> Like, But here's the thing. If I were to go outside of this and and, and question you outside, because you're in church, you're gonna give the really <laughs> spiritual answers. So I mean, you you're, you're not fooling me here. I know, like inside, you know, if we were to take you out back and everything, you'd be like, yo, give me like a million dollars, and I need a new house or whatever. But it's in church, and so you figure if the preacher asks you a question, it's a setup. So let's be spiritual. So I, it's it's okay. You don't have to you don't have to pretend for me. That's uh, good. But here's the thing: we talk about this idea of just being blessed. And we we equate being blessed a lot of times to, man, if we have a great job, oh, you're blessed. If if you have a 401k, you got a retirement, oh, you're blessed. Oh, man, if you got a house, you got two cars, you got a dog, a cat, a white picket fence, oh, you're blessed. And what we seem, seem to do lots of times is we have turned being blessed into how much people have and and here's the thing culture has hijacked even this word blessing I mean we say it all all the time like man oh you're blessed oh man I want to be blessed or hey somebody coughs bless you so we kind of throw this like out just randomly but have you ever thought about what does it really mean to be blessed what does it mean to be blessed and the, my, my fear is this, that we have defined blessing in such a way that we are excluding lots of people. That the way we define our blessing, it comes at a cost. And if we're truly honest, many of us have bit into the, what we think blessing is. And for a lot, blessing is material things. But I want to tell you, that's not what Jesus' definition of being blessed is. And my fear is because we live in such a wonderful country, the country of America, we have bit into the American dream as being the blessing. And now don't get me wrong now, I, I am grateful for the freedom that we have, but this isn't what it means to be blessed. That's what, not what Jesus was saying. And so if you have your Bibles, and I hope that you do this morning, I want you to go to the book of Luke. And so I'm going to read a passage of Scripture here that many, it may sound familiar, and, and it is because it's part of the Beatitudes. Now, all, most of us, if you're familiar and you've been around church a lot, you know that Jesus did his famous Sermon on the Mount in Matthew chapter 5, where he gets up and he shares the Beatitudes. But here we get a different rendition of it when we go to the book of Luke, and I want to read out of that portion for just a little bit, but I want to set the stage before I actually read. Because here's the thing that I want us to do, is I want us to put on the lens, get rid of our Western way of thought. Because what I have discovered is we read the Bible very wrong. And you say, well, what do you mean by that? We read the Bible through our cultural lens. So when we read the Bible, we read from our American, westernized perspective where everything's about me, myself, and I. I mean, think about it for a moment. If I was to go ask someone, what do you do? Who are you? Well, my name is such and such. This is what I do. This is where I work. This is what I like. All these things. But if you go to Far East, go to Asia or Africa, you ask someone, who are they? I'm such and such, son of such and such, part of this tribe, part of this family. This is what my family does. And so when we, when we look at it from that perspective, we understand that the Bible was written in a very Eastern culture. So a lot of these things isn't so much necessarily about me, myself, and I, but it's about together. It's about one another And so I want us to begin to kind of, to get a little background and begin to think a little bit as we approach this. Now, Jesus is just come onto the scene and the Bible and earlier on in this chapter in Luke, it says that Jesus went away to pray and he picked 12 disciples. So he was like, okay, he went, he prayed and he said, okay, you back there in the corner. Hey, you come follow me. You back there in the back. Yeah. In the middle. Yeah. You come on. You follow me. Oh, you right here. Oh, you come follow me. And so he invites them to come follow. And I can imagine they're excited because Jesus is starting to gain notoriety. He's getting, he's gaining fame. People are starting to hear about his name because everywhere that Jesus walked, everywhere that he did, stuff started to happen. Like there were miracles that started. Like Jesus would walk into a place and people with blind eyes all of a sudden begin to see. People who were lame begin to walk. People who were mute begin to talk. Even in some cases, the dead begin to rise. Miracles are happening. And so you know when stuff like that's happening, you know that's going to draw a crowd. So people are following Jesus. And so now Jesus has got, in their minds, he's got this position. He's got, you know, power. He's got these things. And so now these guys are being picked. And I can only imagine, like, wait a minute. He's picking me. Oh, yeah. I'm rolling with Jesus now. I'm rocking with the king. I'm, 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 I'm good. You know what? You know, and, and I can imagine as Jesus begins to go and he tells these guys, I've picked you. I want you to come follow me. I want you to come be a part. And I want to show you what life is. These guys are excited because, like, man, everybody's going to know who I am, man. Tell mama I made it. You know, I'm good. I'm good. And so Jesus now begins to go, and there's a crowd that says they begin to follow him. And the Bible says this in verse 20, or before that, it says, it says this in 19. It says, and the power of God was coming from him, and he was healing all of them. So what it's saying is they begin to follow Jesus. These crowds begin to come, and man, power was coming from Jesus. Jesus. I mean, it's like, man, Jesus is walking past people, and it's like, man, people are like, man, wait a minute, my legs are, man, I can see all these things are coming. And so, man, I can see now Jesus is beginning to look around, and he's like, man, all these people are around him. But the Bible says this in verse 20, and I'm going to start, and I'm going to read here from Luke chapter 6, verse 20. It says, and looking at his disciples. So he turns to his disciples, and this is what he says. He says, blessed are you who are poor, for yours is the kingdom of God. Blessed are you who hunger now, for you will be satisfied. Blessed are you who weep now, for you will laugh. Blessed are you when people hate you, when they exclude you and they insult you and reject your name as evil because of the Son of Man. Rejoice in that day and leap for joy because great is your reward in heaven for that is how the ancestors treated the prophets. But woe to you who are rich for you have already received your comfort. Woe to you who are well fed now for you will go hungry. Woe to you who laugh now for you will mourn and weep. Woe to you when everyone speaks well of you for that is how their ancestors treated the false prophets. Kind of a little weighty here. And so let me break this down a little bit. So Jesus now notices that, man, people are following him. And so he says he turns to his disciples. And I imagine he turns to his disciples because he's got to say, wait a minute, because I can imagine now they're following Jesus. They're like, man, man, we rocking with Jesus now. People are, and they're probably on the side be like, yo, you want to come talk to Jesus? I know him. Yeah, we roll together. Oh, yeah, man, we ate lunch just before here, and he was talking about how he was going to heal a bunch of people. Yeah, he, we, he does that all the time. You know, they're, they're probably sitting there talking. Oh, yeah, you know, oh, healing that, that's nothing, man. Like, last week, my knee was out of joint. Jesus touched it. It was good. You know, I mean, they're probably, you know, you know how we are. You know we, get, you know, we get a little thing. So they're, they're, they're excited, and so they're feeling like, man, we are, bl- we're, like, we're living it up now. Like, we are good. And Jesus is like, wait a minute, let me me correct something. And so he turns to his disciples and he says, looking at them, so he wasn't talking to the crowd, he was talking to his disciples. He said, blessed are you. Now, I want to stop right there and and define that word blessed because that word blessed isn't really kind of what in our Western culture, what we really don't think about. I mean, when we talk about blessed, that word there means it's happy. But it even, it, it even really, the translation doesn't really do it justice a lot because it doesn't mean just like happy, like happy-go-lucky, but it means when you're happy, when you're content, when you're fulfilled. And so it says, blessed are you. And, and see, what happens is lots of times in our society, we equate blessing to success. And that's not it. You could be successful and not blessed. Think about that for a moment. I'll let you take that home and think about that. And so he says, happy are you, blessed are you, who are poor. And I can imagine the disciples, whoa, 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 whoa. Poor? So you mean we're not going to make no money doing this? Jesus, you're not taking up offerings? Like, wait, 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 Jesus. You could charge $19.95 for that healing. <laughs> like, come on now, you open a blind eye, man. You could get some big money for that one. And Jesus is like, no, 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 no. That, that's not what it's all about. And I could imagine like, wait a minute, so poor, we're not going to get no money for this? I could have stayed at the fishing Man, I can see them turning one another. Hey, you think that boat's still available? Because, man, we ain't making no money doing this. But Jesus says, blessed are you who are poor. And so it says, for yours is the kingdom of God. Now, when you read it in Matthew, Matthew says, blessed are they that are poor in spirit. And that's part of it. But Luke kind of breaks it too. He says, it isn't just those that are poor in spirit. Because to be poor in spirit means that you recognize that you don't have everything together. It's a humility that you have. But he also says that Luke's it also puts the inference to that it, even for those that don't have a lot of material stuff. That you're blessed. Wait a minute. You, you're, you're telling me, man, that when my credit, ain't fun, my, my credit ain't right, my money's funny, you mean I'm blessed still? Yeah. Well, whoa, 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 whoa! That that, that ain't what I've what I've heard. So you mean to tell me that if I don't have as much as my next door neighbor, and I don't have a four hundred one k, and and in my and my job is not that good, and I'm making minimum wage, you mean to tell me that I could still be blessed? And my answer to you is yes, because your blessing is not determined by your material. Your blessing is not determined, and that's blowing some people's mind because in some people you're thinking, well, you know what, if you don't have this, this is not being responsible, and then it's not being this, and this is not being this. And what Jesus is coming to do, he's coming to recalibrate and have them rethink about what you think that blessing is. Because you see, when Jesus came, he came bringing the kingdom of God and the kingdom of God and its values and its system is not the same value system that the world has. That the kingdom of God's value system is not the same value system as America. And let me put it to you like this. When Jesus said this, they understood because the Roman culture, Rome was in charge. And to live a good life in Rome, you had all the good stuff. And the Jewish people were oppressed. The Jewish people were disenfranchised. The Jewish people were marginalized. And so what Jesus was saying is, I don't come. When you think, when you see Rome and you see all the power of Rome and you see all the money, all the things there, that's not being blessed. I have come to preach. I have come to bring blessing to those that are disenfranchised, to those who don't have anything, to those who feel like they're on the outside, to those who feel like they're part of the have-nots and not part of the haves. That is who I came to bless. Why? Because it's in that moment that you realize that God is everything. And see, my fear is when we define blessing by we got a great job, we got the blessings of God when we got a 401K and all these things, then it begs me, what about our brothers and sisters in Africa when we saw in the video that don't have? Then are they not blessed? What about our brothers and sisters who are believers in China who are living in huts? Are they not blessed? You see what I'm getting at here is that our definition of blessing our definition of of what we, because see, we determine blessing as we got power, prestige, and privilege, and we use it for our benefit. But Jesus is saying, no, the kingdom has come, that power, privilege, and prestige are not used for your benefit, but it's used for those that don't have. And then he goes on and he says, blessed are you who hunger now, for you will be satisfied. See, not only is he saying, blessed are you when you have more month than money. Man, how many of you have ever been there before? Some of you might be right there right now. But he says, blessed are you when you don't have even the basic necessities to feed yourself. You don't have those basic comforts of life. He says, blessed are you who hunger now, for you will be satisfied. What he's continuing to say is, if you feel like you're down and out, you feel like you don't have the privilege that others have, you don't have what others have, and so in your mind you think you're not blessed. He says, no, that's not what it is. Let me recalibrate. Let me turn it upside down. You are blessed. And I want to just preface here, he's not saying that having those things are wrong. So don't leave her thinking, man, the pastor said, I, got a, I mean, I got a nice 401k, I'm, I'm messed up. No, he's not saying that. What he's saying is, if that's what you put your trust in, if that's what makes you happy, then you've missed the mark. That if your definition of blessing is because you have a great retirement plan, then you've missed the mark. Then he goes on to say this, he says, blessed are you who weep now. So now the disciples are like, man, so we poor? Man, he ain't even going to give us no food. He says we got to be hungry. I mean, come on, man, you could, you could make us a cheeseburger or something, can't you, Lord? I mean, touch that rock, make it a pizza, make it a steak. But he says, wait, wait a minute, weep now. Whoa, whoa, he ain't saying nothing about crying. <laughs> he ain't saying nothing about weeping. He ain't saying nothing about that. And I want to stop here because this is something that we as the church, we've lost the art of of being able to weep. And you say, "Well, what does that got to do? We've got to the point now where we have tried to fake being blessed to the fact that when we're hurting and when we're broken, we lie to one another. Where we're broken, we're hurting inside, we need help, we're depressed, We're discouraged, but we're taught to the fact that if you're like that, then all of a sudden things are not good. You can't allow that to be shown. So we walk in the church, and you're hurting, and you're broken, and you're reaching, and you want someone to throw you a lifeline, but instead someone comes and says, hey, how are you doing? Oh, I'm good. I'm blessed. But if you were really to tell the truth and say, I'm hurting right now. I need help. We wouldn't know how to act. We'd be like, oh, oh, okay, Um, um, yeah, um, um, so yeah, you could go talk to such and such, and they can help you, or we'll just say, well, let me pray for you right now. And we give like a quick just, Lord bless them, Jesus' name, amen. We don't know how to weep. But you know what? There's something spiritual about being able to grieve. That weeping there isn't just a weeping of because we don't have anything, but it's also a weeping and a grieving over our condition. It's weeping and grieving over the condition of our world. It's weeping and, and, and grieving over the condition of our culture, of our society. It's weeping for those that don't have anything. It's weeping and grieving. And we've lost that aspect. And I tell you that there's just something about grieving and weeping and allowing our heart to break for those that don't have, for those that seem like they're a marginalizer on the outside. There is something spiritual about that. And you say, well, how can you say that? Because there's a whole book of the Bible that's dedicated to grieving and that's the book of lamentations and god would have not put the book of lamentations in the bible if he did not intend for us to weep and to grieve for those that don't have anything And I know this sounds weighty and heavy, but what Jesus is trying to do, he's trying to get them out of what culture and society of the time tells them what is being blessed and what is being successful. And he says this. Then he goes and says, and blessed are you when people insult you, when they hate you. Whoa. Now you mean to tell me we ain't going to get no money. We ain't going to eat. We got to cry. And people going to hate me? Like, I, Lord, because we like our reputation. But Jesus is saying, that's what I'm saying. Happy are you. You told me to rejoice for that? Let me tell you a secret. The gospel is offensive to culture. That sometimes being blessed means that not everybody's going to like it. Sometimes when you're truly walking the life as a believer, you're going to have some haters. And you're going to have people that that are not going to agree and like it. But what Jesus is saying is, that's what I come when people insult you because of me. This is who I've come to bless. Then he goes on and begins to say, well, whoa. Somebody say, whoa. Whoa. And he he gives the opposite of all that. He says, woe to those who are well-fed. Woe to those who, who have it all. Woe to those when everybody speaks good to them. What Jesus was saying is this, woe to everybody that's in power. Woe to everybody that thinks they have privilege. And woe to everybody that has a good position. Because those that use it for themselves, when he was speaking, he was talking to the religious elite. He was talking to those who were using their power, their privilege, and their position as a means of furthering their own agenda instead of using it to serve others. Instead of using it to be a blessing to those around them. You see, being blessed is this. In Ephesians chapter 1, it says this, that God has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in Christ. Which means this, the true blessing, living the blessed life, is knowing that we are in Christ. Knowing that we have him. It isn't having the biggest car. It isn't having the biggest house. It isn't having the biggest bank account. It's knowing that you are in Christ. And you have every spiritual blessing that you can be happy and content no matter what your situation is. So you mean to tell me if my credit ain't, ain't too good that I can still be happy? Yes, you can. You mean that if things are not going well in my life that I can still be happy and blessed? Yes, you can. It means that, man, when I'm walking through a dark season where it seems like that every night I'm crying myself to sleep, you mean that I can be blessed still? Yes, you can. You are the ones who just... Jesus came for. You're the ones has He determined who's blessed. Why? Because you realize that in yourself, you cannot change your condition in yourself. You cannot fix your circumstances that God is who you need. You see, that's what it means to live a blessed life is understanding that your reward and notice something. I want you to notice something here. He says this in the verse, he says, your reward in verse 23, he says, rejoice in that day and leap for joy because great is your reward in heaven. I want you to notice something. He doesn't say the reward is heaven. He doesn't say the reward is heaven. But many of us live our lives like the reward is heaven. That if we could accumulate the most stuff and be the most blessed, then man, when we get to heaven, heaven's going to be grand. But what he's saying is, no, your reward isn't heaven. Your reward's in heaven. But understanding that he's come, that, that he wants his kingdom to be here on earth just as it is in heaven. But it's changing our mindset to what being blessed is. And, and if you don't get anything else to understand that being blessed isn't a thing of materialism. Being blessed isn't about having power. The American dream, which is, hey, get all the power you can, be in charge, you know, get all the stuff, get in a nice position, get a house, secure your future for your family and all these things, and none of those things are bad, but those, if that's what drives you, and if that's what their definition of blessing is, you've missed it. And that's what Jesus was telling his disciples. And my fear is this. And don't, please, don't get get me wrong when I say this. Gregory, uh, Scott McKnight, a theologian, said this. He says, one of the biggest hindrances is to getting the kingdom of God into people is sometimes we have to get America out of people. Because we have made being American and we've made being successful the scope for being blessed. And by doing that, We've missed it all. Have you wondered why in other countries you hear about all these miracles? You hear about all these things that are happening. I wonder if it's because they're poor, they're hungry, they're desperate for God. And I'm not saying you gotta go out and become poor, I don't say you gotta go hungry, but the point is there's a certain desperation that you have that when you're desperate enough for God you will see God move that when you're desperate enough that that's when God comes through and that's that's what living a blessed life is a blessed life isn't a successful life in the means of American but a blessed life is knowing that you're in Christ and you have access to everything that Christ has access to Do you realize scripture says that the same power that raised Jesus from the dead lives within you? Do you realize that? That's what being blessed is, knowing that that power reigns in you, knowing that you have the spirit of the living God living inside your heart that is able to change a life, that is able to give you peace when you don't have peace, that is able to give you assurance, that is able to do things inside of you. As the the bumper video said, is that, man, when your inside world is together, that's what being blessed is. That's what it's all about. And so over the next couple of weeks, Pastor John is going to challenge you. Pastor John is going to go a lot deeper into what it means to be blessed. But I want to come today, and my whole purpose was to get you to begin to recalibrate what you think blessing is and redefine what blessing is. Because a lot of our definitions of what it means to be blessed and happy may not be quite scriptural. It may not be what Jesus says a blessed life is. I learned this lesson and I'll close with this story. I was in China a couple years ago. And have you noticed when you get older, like a couple just seems like further out. Uh, but, you know, and but it, 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 we talked like it happened yesterday, but it really happened like a decade ago uh, I'm starting to realize that the older I get. Um, and so, but a couple of years ago, we'll just put it at that 2003. And, um, and so, uh, so we, um, I'm telling you guys, I'm old. I just realized I'm, I'm, I look, I am, I've just come to grips with the fact that I am turning 43 this year. And, and I'm and, and look, I and, and some of you are wondering I, the reason why I'm coming close like this is is because I'm just going to be honest with you. I'll share something. I'll just be real with you. Um, along with age, you know, things just don't work as well. And so I went to DMV a couple weeks back and um, to renew my license. And they asked me, sir, um, do you wear glasses? And I said, No, I'm good. They said, Well, sir, you probably need to go get your eyes checked because you barely passed the eye exam. I'm like, I saw every letter. What are you talking about? And and so I went to the doctor and the doctor indeed said, Sir, your eyes are bad, so you can't see. So I'm really supposed to be wearing glasses right now. So I'm coming up close so I could actually see you guys. And so um so I, I'm just scared to wear glasses because I got these like pair of glasses that makes me look like little Daryl and uh and so some of you if you don't know who little Daryl is it's all right just uh, you know it 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 sounds like what it is little Daryl uh you know I look like that when I have my glasses on so but um so back okay I get distracted easily I've really been good at being focused this message and so now you you guys just mess me up and so but I went to China 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 there we go China 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 and so 2003 long time ago and uh but it really was just a couple years ago and so (laughs) went to China and and we were planes trains automobiles I mean it was just one of those trips uh because the church that I was at at that time we adopted an unreached people group and so we were going to visit that group but while we were out there um the missionary said hey I want to take you to see this other people group and we're like okay that's cool and so man um, we had to like take a train overnight. We had to like be on a bus I mean it was all types of just and and, and what I'm trying to get at is this is that I'm not a small dude, and, and Asia everything is the size of Asians <laughs> um, and so So you got this brother that's on this bus where you know They could probably fit about 50 Asians, but only like probably 20 of me and so you just imagine it was just tight, it was cramped. And then, you know, I'm a novelty in Asia because they don't see black people a lot. And so every time I walk someplace, you know, there's somebody's trying to rub my color off. And I thought about one time just paint, like putting some charcoal on me so when they rub, it came off and be like, oh my gosh, you know, you rubbed me off. You know, I'm rubbing off on you, you know, something, you know. But uh, hey, you know, that, it's a corny preacher joke. Um, but so, um, so. So we're going these places and it's like, oh my gosh, you know. So then we get to where we're going to go after about a day travel. And now we have to hike up this mountain. Does it look like this brother's hiking? <laughs> but I did. And I didn't have any food in me because all we eat is rice over there. And, and it's it just, yeah, it was just, it was just, yeah, poor me. <laughs> poor me. I, w- I was just, yeah, poor American. And so as we're going up the hill, we get to the, the beginning stages of this village, and the stench that hit when we got to that point was just oh my gosh, like you know it was just it was just horrible. And as we got cl- closer, you could just see it was just nothing but just it was just it was probably one of the worst places. And I've and I've had the privilege I've traveled around a lot to different countries, and I've seen some pretty poor places, but this had to have been one of the poorest worst conditions I'd ever seen and I mean the ground was just mud there was no road there it's just dirt and it was like muddy and 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 it wasn't just because it was muddy because it was raining it was muddy because there were feces and urine and and all types of stuff that was there it was just horrible and as we were walking and I'm kind of like you know kind of walking tiptoeing because I don't want anything to splash on me or anything but we end up walking to this building And it was the nicest building in this whole village, but it really wasn't, I mean, it was still, you know, just, you know, just a rundown thing. But it was a church. And I forgot to mention this in in the first service, but on the outside was lined all the people from the village. And as we walked in, they were singing. They were clapping. They seemed like the happiest people in the world. So we go into the church service, and they're coming, and they're just like, man, what do you can we get anything for you? The translator is like, hey, do you want any water? And I'm thinking, oh, okay, good. I'm thinking maybe they're gonna give me a bottle of water or something. So they're like, yeah, and they bring me this glass that looked like it hadn't been washed in years, and it looked like they just took it and dipped it in one of the puddles out there and offered it. And I'm sitting here thinking, like, oh my gosh, like I'm, I'm good. I'll just swallow a couple times. I think I'm okay. Um and so, but as they begin to sing and worship, I felt the presence of God in that place like I've never felt before. And at that moment, God convicted me and he said, these people have everything. I begin to think, wow, here it is. I'm halfway across the world and these people have a better understanding of being blessed and being content with God than I do. And I have everything. And they worship God. Like everything. And I, and I remember asking the missionary, hey, or, or do we need to send money to build this or whatever? Can we fix the village up or whatever? He says, they, they don't want it. Like, what do you mean they don't want it? Because they have everything. This people group, they have Jesus. Jesus. And as long as the church is the nicest building in the village, they're fine. Because they want to honor God in that way. And I remember thinking and leaving as we left the village, they followed us and sang and worshiped and everything. And the missionary began to tell us that this people group named the Miao people, they're known for their exuberant worship. That if you ask anybody around China about the Miao people, they'll tell you that's that group that lives in the mountains that worships. And it's because they've understand that the blessed life isn't necessarily about having all this material things. That's not what drives them every day. What drives them is living a life that honors God. Understanding that they are in Christ. That's what it's all about. And so I want to challenge you. That as you get into this series, and I know this was kind of like a little heavy, but my whole intention was to get you to begin to think about what do you consider to be blessing. Because God did not bless you with what you have for you to hold it to yourself. He's called you to be a blessing to others to use your power to use your privilege and your position that if God has so privileged you to have it not to hoard it in and not that to be your driving force but your driving force is to see that it's used so that all can have matter of fact you may say well that sounds a little socialist no that's kingdom that's in the bible what did the what did the disciples in acts do it says that when somebody had a need What did they all do? They used their power, their privilege, and their position to make sure that everybody had. We say, what does it say that? It says they sold everything they had to give to those that didn't have. You see, that's what kingdom is all about. When Jesus said that in in Luke beforehand, you read, he says... The spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach good news. To who? To the poor, to the oppressed, to those that are disenfranchised, to those that feel marginalized. That is who he's come for. So if you're in this room today and you feel like you're on the outside, you feel like you don't have as much as the next person, you feel like, man, I'm, I'm just a bum. Guess what? You're in good company because the Lord says now you're in a position to be blessed. Thank you again for joining us on the Lifehouse Newport News Podcast. If you're ever in the Hampton Roads area, we'd love for you to join us at one of our live worship experiences at 9 a.m. or 10 30 a.m. at the Regal Kiln Creek Movie Theaters. Until then, feel free to check us out at www.theatrechurchnn.com or on any social media platform. Thank you so much and God bless.